Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WLG Discussion Lab podcast, a platform initiated by Wailing Gallery, where we share insights and hold conversations surrounding contemporary art. On this episode, I will be talking to Ivan Lam on his current exhibition at Wailing Contemporary, The Soil on Which I Bleed. Ivan has earned a reputation as one of Malaysia's leading contemporary artists for his continuous ability to push the boundaries of his art practice for over two decades. He has been recognized for his achievements and has been collected by reputed institutions in Malaysia, Europe, and the USA. And as you have probably heard, he was one of the four Malaysian artists to represent Malaysia at the country's first ever national pavilion at the 58th International Art Exhibition La Biennale di Venezia in 2019. He was also the first and only Malaysian artist selected to present a one-man project at the inaugural Art Basel, Hong Kong in 2013. This time, Ivan Lam presents a series of three paintings made in 2020, the year of the pandemic, to express his reflections surrounding the nation and his status or role as a citizen. So without waiting any longer, let's hear from Ivan himself. Thank you so much, Ivan, for being here with us today. And perhaps we could start by talking about the title of your exhibition. So The Soil on Which I Bleed is the English translation of Tana Tumpanya Daraku, a line extracted from the National Anthem of Malaysia, Negaraku. May I ask, Ivan, why did you choose the title and how does it represent your latest body of work? I think it came when I was finishing the first painting, the Garaku itself. So I thought it would be apt to use um, a part of the lyrics of the national anthem. And um, I feel quite patriotic finishing the first one. So the second and third um, follows um, the first painting. I see. So there is a certain sense of patriotism that you like to express through the series. Well, for those of you who have not seen the show, just to give you an idea, the exhibition consists of only three artworks, but then each and every work is special in its own way in expressing how Ivan feels about the country. Each artwork has three components. Firstly, a hyper-realistic painting coated with resin, which we will talk about in more details with Ivan later. Secondly, a vinyl text with keywords surrounding the paintings. And lastly, a laser jet print, which I understand you used, right, Ivan, as a reference when painting. Can I ask why you have chosen to present the works as such? Mm, I think the, the, the painting, the finished painting, um, the one that's heavily coated resin, um, that's like a finished work. And then the text vinyl, that's like a, um, a graphic design, um, having a conversation with the, with the painting itself. And then lastly, the laser jet print, it's a making um, to show the viewer what happened behind the work. So it's um, before, after and during. I see. Well, that's really interesting how you allow the audience to see the works in different phases. You know, like you said, before, after and during. Now I'm going to kick off with a work that catches my attention the most, um, probably because of its red background. It's a piece called MCO, Master Control Order, which presents parts of a rifle arranged across the canvas. When I looked through your older catalogs, I noticed that fire weapons 
is actually a recurring symbol in your works, having appeared in paintings such as They Will Kill Us All that was painted in 2015 and They Can't Kill Us All in 2017. Why those paintings showcase the full guns, is there a reason why you chose to disassemble the rifle in the piece MCO? Yes. Um, I think you can't, you can't see um, the whole rifle, but rather parts of it. Um, it shows that we are makeup. Um, we are insignificant if we are makeup of small little parts, but when we are put together, um, we could be quite um, powerful. And it represents also us um, as a force to be reckoned with if we could um, band together. When you say together, do you mean being united as citizens? I think when we talk about um, unity, especially to me, right? Um, we never had that collective as an artist, as a citizen. Um, so by separating them, you can see clearly how one part, right? No matter how small they are, um, they are pertinent. Then also they are relevant to the bigger picture. So this time I'm not looking at the bigger picture, I'm looking at the smaller parts of it, and the smaller picture, who takes care of these details, right? So for the first time, right, I want to look at details and I want to give all my best, even though it's a small little screw. Um, but without that little screw, right, the rifle is actually useless. So in that sense, um, we talk about disunity and also unity. And speaking of details, I noticed that this work has a lot of numbers. In fact, each part of the rifle presents a number. It's accompanied by a number. So what do these numbers signify? The numbers naturally signifies the time and the date that I finished a particular part. And also it marks the start of the MCO, uh, the movement control order in my country. Um, Malaysia, we are going through the first one. So I feel like a, like a prisoner uh, marking the dates, uh, the day until um, they get released. Thanks Ivan for explaining. Knowing that these are all the dates of the first lockdown, I can see how this piece marks the start of the pandemic, especially for Malaysians. Next, let's talk about the piece Negaraku. In this painting, you have 16 stones arranged in a circular form on the top half of the canvas while three stones are arranged in a line on the lower part of the canvas, all painted on a green background. I'm just curious about why you labeled the 16 stones with the names of the states and federal territories of Malaysia, and the three stones with the words self, family, and community. What's the significance of these words in the context of this painting? Signify actually. Mm, as I said earlier with the smaller picture and then versus a big picture, we always have to start with the selfers and then next is your family, community, before you go to your own state and then your state will form your country. Um, so it's a reverse and you see three of them at the bottom, self, family and community. They are the one that support the stones, the 16 stones, they are on top and they are arranged in a circular format. So without self, family and community, they shouldn't, uh, there's no state and then there's no country. That's a very good point and I do think that we should all as citizens have that in mind. We have to start with ourselves. But why the different stones to represent the different states? You know, is there any significance to that? Yep. I think every every stone is made up I know every stone is made up of a different rock or a different component of elements and that also represents um, 
all our states um, we make up one country but all of us have our distinct features our distinct personality idiosyncrasy right so it's about difference but yet it's represented in a very circular manner I see. Okay, another thing that's really intriguing is that across the painting, there are also element symbols of the chemistry periodic table. So there's Ne for neon, Ga for gallium, and then there's Ra, K, and U. But then when you think about it, if you connect all these symbols, it actually forms the word. Negaraku, that translates as my country, and it's also, you know, once again the title of、uh, the national anthem of Malaysia. May I know how this idea came about, Ivan? Because、yeah, I think it was going to the very base of our makeup.、Um, what elements、uh, form us? So, so happened that I managed to pick up N E G A R A and K U, right? And then they are actual periodical element symbols. Um, and I find it quite cool that we could actually use those things and form words. So we are not alone. I think no man is an island, and we can make things up、um, as we form ourselves. And those words actually made up the word country in in Malay. Thank you so much, Ivan, for sharing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, so far we've talked about the works Negaraku and MCO. As you know, there's a third painting in the series, and this third painting is called Dark Side of the Moon. As its title suggests, the painting depicts a moon, a full moon, beautifully painted in the center of the canvas. And at the same time, Ivan divided the painting into numerous squares that represent the 222 Parliament seats. Okay, now let's start with a very simple question: Why the moon, Ivan, and what does it symbolize to you personally? I think a, a moon is a is a symbolism of. What has gone wrong?、Um, and the moon looks so peaceful and it's so far away, and and people pine for the moon.、Um, literally speaking, right? It's a way that people look up to. But the problem that we face in on Earth, right, is a bit more real, right?、Um, and the reason why there's twenty, two hundred and twenty-two squares, is to represent every constitution in our country, in, in Malaysia. And I didn't know much about、um, parliamental. Issues or politics, right? And I felt a bit ashamed as a citizen of Malaysia. I didn't know much, so this painting actually helps me learn、um, a bit more what it means to be a citizen in the country that I live in. I see. And is there a reason why you chose the full moon instead of, say, a crescent or a gibbous? Yes, I think when people look at the moon, right,、um, they would not pay much attention if it's a crescent or what is that, a gibbous. Right, but when it's a full moon, everyone kind of go like, "Wow, today is a full moon!" A lot of celebration, a、mm. lot of,、um, regardless of what religion context you go in, they are they look forward to that. There's something that they look forward. So for me, right,、um, there's always hope.、Um, looking at the moon、uh, when it's full.、Mm. That's true. And talking about the shape of the full moon, I feel that it somehow echoes to how you position the stones in Nagaraku as a circle. Is there a significance behind the form circle to you that we might not know? Because、okay. I started when I started painting the Negaraku, that was the first one. Then followed by the rifle, or、um, MCO, right? So it has a shift in terms of form, right? Once you have circular, and then MCO is very much、uh, linear and it's very much vertical.、Mm-hmm. So the return to the circle, right, seems to be like you know you reach the end of the circle, you're coming back to it, and it 
it it's kind of fulfill that starting middle and then you come back to where you you begin with so i think the circle um kind of help like you close the circle you know symbolic Okay, so now going back to the squares, you did mention that it's about the parliament system and that's why each and every square has a code. So from P1 to P222 to represent the parliament seats. My question is how about the colors? Why are some squares colored in brown and the rest in blue? Since there's 222 of them, right? It's yep. divided equally 111 on the blue side and then 111 on the green side. So it's always a jostling opposition and how we could end up having a government form if we have enough seats and I find it really precarious um to leave everything to these people uh at the very it's like a um, a precarious balance that we constantly jostle for seats right and you see people jumping from left to right and right to left so I want to depict that um I'm not saying that one is better than the other it so happens to be right in the center of it and we have an equal amount of blue and equal amount of green. Now, since we've talked about all three works, I'd like to hear what you Ivan seek as an artist or even as a citizen through making these works. What do you hope to understand or achieve? As an artist as myself, right? I didn't I didn't ask to seek. I didn't I didn't start to seek um, answers to the work. Um, I learned a lot um during this period of 2 years about what it means to be a Malaysian on living in my own country sometimes I felt so foreign um I was just hoping that I could get a bit more understanding a bit more patience uh, with my country and also myself so to put it in a nutshell right um, we are still growing uh, we are stumbling we, we we fall down we fight uh, mm. we make up so all those are part of uh, growing up I think Okay. As yeah. a citizen, as a human, and also as a country. I see. Understanding and patience, ladies and gentlemen, those are the keywords that Ivan just shared. And to wrap this conversation, I've got one last question. As a citizen, what's the one thing you'd like to say to fellow citizens of the country? That we could have a dialogue. Um, that all of us could. agree to disagree but we don't have to be agreeing on the same thing we don't have to sit down and hold hands and pretend that things are good um, but we could talk it out um rationally um even emotionally uh, professionally intellectually right um, if we have more conversation i think the country would be definitely in a better place and also be honest about your feelings um, and treat each other with more respect than what we have now. Well, I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much Ivan for such an inspiring talk and in this hope for better days, this sounds to me like a call to action for change. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have just listened to Malaysian artist Ivan Lam talk about his latest body of work, The Soil on Which I Bleed. This exhibition will still be on view at Wailing Contemporary until the 25th of April 2021. So for those of you who have not had the chance to visit the show, this is the time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. On our next episodes, we will be sharing more topics related to art and collecting. So, be sure to follow us to find out more. See you.